This is a quick disclaimer. Although the wise investor is trying to educate people on personal finance, what we talk about on the show is not actually financial advice for your personal and unique situation. Before trying to do anything with your money, always consult a professional. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School, presented by the Wise Investor Team. Making Canadians more financially literate, one post at a time. Hello, 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 people in the world. Today is April the 22nd. As I have been saying the last couple episodes, it is a Wednesday, but I don't even actually know if it's a Wednesday because all the days are blurred. Thank you for anyone who is listening. The last couple episodes, we've been doing COVID-19 related content and uh, interviews with, you know, the head of epidemiology from Queen's University and our company's accountants to talk about tax perspectives and different kinds of government programs. But today we have Arian Bezai, Vice President Rich Academy. He's a financial literacy speaker. How would you define your role there, Arian? Probably like uh, I'm a teacher and a marketer as well. So do a little bit of the teaching and as well the marketing. Well, I appreciate you coming on. This is your second episode on the Wise Investor Podcast. And uh, the reason why we're having you on a second time is because not many people can explain personal finance tips and concepts like you can. So an absolute honor to have you on again. Thank you kindly. Oh, thanks for having me, Anthony. You know what? I'm excited to, to chat and, you know, just watching you over the past year. It's been fun and we played some basketball together and yeah, had a chance yeah. just to hang out. So I'm excited <laughs> to be on again and, and talk about money and personal finance. Arian has better handles and jump shot than me, but uh, I let, <laughs> he's pretty good at basketball, I got to say. Today we're going to be talking about COVID-19 I'm getting phone calls like crazy every single day. What should I be doing? How can I protect myself? What are the best investments to get into? And what I've realized is over the last 10 years, when you're kind of just like, you could, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, no matter what you pick, your investments are going up, right? And not a lot of people have been kind of analyzing their personal finances with a magnifying glass. But now that things are kind of the shit's hitting the fan, a lot more people are stepping back and looking at, How am I doing my investing? Who's my advisor? How am I analyzing and keeping track of my taxes and all this kind of stuff that's really important for people? Too bad that they wait until now, but I thought it would be a great opportunity to have you on and just pick your brain a bit about what you've been teaching people and what your perspective is on everything that's going on right now. We're just going to kind of dive right into it. Usually I ask you a couple personal questions and like things like that, but I'm going to skip that whole 15 minute part. And if you could just tell us really quickly, what does, what is Enriched Academy and what do you do for them? Yeah. So Enriched Academy, we're, we're the leading financial education company in Canada. We have hundreds of thousands of students from professional athletes, realtors, accountants, single moms, single dads, uh, you name it. And really what we've done well over the past several years is we're able to take, take this topic of money that's so boring and so dull and so unexciting and make it fun, make, make it interesting. So we do it through uh, webinars, we do live events across the country, uh, we have one-on-one coaching, and kind of my role there is um, I'm one of the educators, so I teach a lot of the different topics, and I'm also uh, the head of our digital marketing. So uh, we have a great team of about 10 people that do all the, the digital marketing, and uh, yeah, that's, that's a bit about Enrich. 10 people. That's a lot of people, actually. That's not bad. Some, some full-time, some freelancers. So, Got it. Got it. That makes sense. 
All right. So you've been talking a lot over the last two years about personal finance and you probably have a lesson plan or some kind of agenda that you take people through. Has it, has it changed at all the way that you've been presenting personal finance over the last three months that we've been seeing this COVID-19 situation kind of like emerge and it affecting everybody's personal finances or has it been the same old principles and you've been preparing for this? Yeah, I think the beautiful part about personal finance are the fundamentals are the fundamentals, right? It's like playing basketball, right? Like you, you got to learn how to dribble, you got to learn how to shoot, you got to learn how to do a crossover and you know that the fundamentals are are foundational and they're everlasting. It's the same thing with money. Like the money doesn't change and you know the environment is a little bit different. We do have some more advanced strategies now that you know we've been looking at and we've been teaching our students, but for the most part it's it's the same, pay yourself first, control your debt budget, right? Uh, invest in ETFs, long-term thinking, uh, control your habits, you know, watch out for the instant gratification, you know, 1% each day improvements uh, has a long, huge impact. So the fundamentals are tried and true. And I think people get in danger when they try to say, oh, like, screw the fundamentals, you know, shit's hitting the fan. Let's just focus on new strategies and new stocks. Let's buy oil because it's down. Let's, you know, get a home equity line of credit and put all of our money on oil. Let's do that. And like, that's, that's trouble. Like we're getting so many calls from people. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people I know that have, that have that kind of strategy. Oh, right? It's crazy. It's uh, so many, like I, I've gotten a call from a few days ago. This lady said, you know, she wanted to, uh, refinance her home and take all of her money and invest it in like one stock. Right. And I'm like, that's crazy. And, and she's like 63 years old. Right. And you know, this is someone that she's been a student of financial education for six, seven years, but man, it's, it's easy to be a student when times are good. It's really tough when, when times are, are not so good. Man, you just hit it on the head right there uh, in so many. I want to unpack that a little bit there. So the fundamentals of finance and uh, as a financial planner, people call me for these types of things and they pay me to give them this knowledge and wisdom that I've, that I've learned over the years. So it's not rocket science, this personal finance stuff. So a, a, a mentor of mine used to say, you know, life is simple, but not easy. Personal finance is quite simple. Like anyone can kind of learn the basics in order to get to a financial freedom that they're probably looking for. What, where do you think is that gap between the fundamentals and people's shiny object syndrome where they're looking for the next greatest thing? It's kind of like working out where, you know, if you just do your push-ups and your sit-ups and you, and you do your basic ex exercises, but everyone's looking for that really sophisticated one-stop shop like exercise that's the latest like why do you think that happens in personal finance yeah it's a great it's a great question i love that quote too and you know i think it's at the foundational issues we're never taught we're never taught about money right and that is crazy so obviously if, if you're someone that struggles financially don't beat yourself up too much we're not taught that's like to use your gym analogy imagine you go to the gym and you've never watched a workout video you don't know how to work out and you just drop someone in the gym and you're like okay go go get fit like go go figure it out you're gonna be looking at the weights like like me when i go to the gym like what do i do with these things right like i don't know like <laughs> what the hell to do um and it's the same thing with money people just we don't know we're not taught and then when this stuff starts to happen then we go to the articles right and then we start reading articles and we start reading watching cnbc and all this just news is just crap where you got to turn off the news and this is how people are investing they're reading the news and they're watching tv and that's like they've become 
great investors. You know, I saw this great quote today and it was less, um, what, what did it say? It said, less consumption, more studying. Like at a time like this, we got to stop the intake of information and we got to study more. We got to study the history of the markets, the, the fundamentals of personal finance, remind ourselves of what has stood the test of time. How have other recessions gone? How can we prepare for this? And less information, less articles, less YouTube videos, less of, less of that stuff and more in-depth study. I, I, saw, I saw a meme recently too that was like, stock market is up 10% and it's like, oh yeah, the stock market has a slight bump today. And then stock market is down 10% and it's like stock market turmoil, you know, like all hell is breaking loose. And it's not a, the, the media doesn't use the same verbs for when the market goes up 10% and when the market goes down 10% and they play, they're not stupid. They play to loss aversion. Many people are more fearful of losses than, than gains. And they play to that for clickbait reasons, right? Oh, for sure. Like just read that. I'm, I'm in marketing too. So I use words, but go look at the articles that you're reading. Like the words like devastating, like worse, like once in a lifetime, like, you know, just these really harsh words that just create so much emotion and they're just playing on people's emotion. It's just clickbait. That's all it is. You know, I use it as a marketer. It's clickbait. You're trying to get people to open your email, to read your article. And it's not, information that's designed to help you it's information designed to just keep clicking spend mm -hmm. more time on the page that's what it is and boring information doesn't last the tried and true is not exciting right people want novelty they want excitement yes yes new wow this is happening that's happening this is new people don't want the fundamentals like you know they, i know they i know they want the shiny object like you talked about. You don't know how many times like people ask me, like I'll, I was just called into a uh, group Zoom chat with one of my clients. She owns a, she has a, she has a company that has a team. She invited me into the Zoom chat to, over a happy hour to just have conversations with her team. And the questions they were asking me, they're like, what's the, what's the investment to make right now? Like, oh, what should we be doing? What's the, is this, is it this stock or would you prefer that stock? And you know, I'm, I'm a pretty disciplined investor and I don't play into that. And at a jet detriment, like, I feel like I'm the buzzkill at a party where like, everyone's like, what's the shortcut? What's the, what's the inside scoop? And I'm like, oh, S&P 500 ETF will probably do well over a good five-year period of time. But that's not what people are looking for. Yeah. I think it's just human nature to be looking for the, 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 the quick gains, you know, the get rich quick scheme. So it's tough. 100%. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pivot a little bit here. So I'm gonna ask you because you're in it, and people must reach out and ask you finance questions all the time. Even though you don't, you're not like a financial advisor, but you kind of are. But you're a financial educator, right? So uh, what are the, would you say, the biggest concerns for Canadians right now when it comes to their finances? I think the biggest concerns is just the loss of income. I, I see that as just being a huge challenge because it's, it's funny, you know. There's some people that like teachers or people that still have an income coming in and they're saving more money than they have ever saved in their entire life. You know, they're not going out, they're not spending money anything. on gas. They're saving a ton of money, but then you have others that have lost their job or maybe they own a small business and that is a, a tough position to be. So for me, that's a bit of a concern, but if you think about it, like, man, it's been really good for the past 10 years. If you think about 
the Canadian markets and unemployment has been really low. Housing markets have been off fire. Like everything's been great for 10 years. And think about how crazy this is, Anthony. One month, two months of just stop and people are freaking out. People are in debt. People have to get lines of credit. Like that's to me is the bigger issue of we have to address that. Like, how is it that for, for 10 years, we could go in an amazing market in just a few months of just stopping people are like in a horrible financial situation, like just digging themselves in huge holes. Like something's broken. We, we got to fix that. And going out of this, I hope, I pray um, you realize that and you tell yourself, man, I'm not going to put myself in that situation ever again. I'm going to make sure I have that emergency fund. I, I put things in place for me and my family so that if something like this happens again, I'm not freaking out. I'm not uh, caught in this, this mess. And, and I, that's beautifully put. I think that is the fundamental problem. The fundamental problem, I believe, is that people for the last 10 years, we've been doing amazing. People have been able to make more money in the last 10 years than they've ever been able to. And if they were investing wisely and all that, but like you said, in uh, the stock market and real estate has been doing tremendous, especially in Canada. But there's, uh, there's this term that I recently heard called lifestyle creep, which means the amount of money that you make, your lifestyle just ends up creeping up to that amount of money that you're making. And there's really no difference between making $2,000 a month and $10,000 a month because of what you're spending. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what people like this fundamental problem, why are people not saving an emergency fund? And what do you tell your, the people that you speak to about how to save an emergency fund? Yeah, an emergency fund is just, it's, it's not exciting, right? Anthony, you, you know that. No, no one wants to do that. Yeah, it's, it's just not exciting. Like you imagine you get a raise, you know, you, let's take a look at the average family in Canada. You get a raise and you, you come home and, you know, honey, I, I got a raise. I made an extra $5,000. I got this bonus. Um, let's put it into an emergency fund. Like, <laughs> are saying that. It's more like, honey, I got a $5,000 raise. Like, do you want to go on a vacation? Or maybe should we use this money on a down payment on a new BMW? Like, let's do that, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. and man, like, when times are good, you know, it's, it's easy to forget that, okay, the next raise I'll use for my emergency fund, oh, I'll save money next year. You know what I mean? Like things are going well, things are going great. The house is going up in value. You know, we're paying down the mortgage. If things are going great, I'll, I'll save next year, right? So, you know, that's, that's what I think is, is happening, right? It's just not exciting. Well, then, how, do you, how do you speak to that? Because you're in a room full of, uh, you know, 50 to 100 people and you're like, hey, we're going to talk about emergency fund. Is there any tips or tricks or things that people can do in order to kind of passively do that? How do, how do you, how do you implement into someone's head to save for an emergency fund? You got create this pain. I think this would be great, man. This, this example of what's happened here with this pandemic is going to be a huge reason why people going forward will have an emergency fund. You need to create pain. People don't know the pain, right? We haven't had of trouble since 2008, right? That's like mm -hmm. however many years, like 12 years of just sunshine and rainbows. You got to create that pain. And that's what we do at Enriched Academy. We make it painful. We show them pain. We say, if you don't have an emergency fund, this is what's going to happen, right? A little bump in the road, you know, you're going to have to buy a line, get a line of credit. That interest is going to start compounding against you. And you show them the charts of, of some of those long-term impacts of not having something like this. 
and it's massive. We're seeing it now. So this right here, we're going to use this as a case study, this COVID-19 on why mm. people need an emergency fund. And for those that don't, I think now they know, now they know, okay, shit, like I need an emergency fund. I got to put yeah, this 100%. thing together. And, and I, and I speak to a lot of young people. Those are a lot of my clients. And you know, when I even started, I was 18 years old and it was 2009. So all I've seen in my working career is prosperity, double digit returns in the stock market, like real estate doubling and then almost tripling since 2009 when I started. Right. So a lot of people are also in the same boat as me. So when they, they'd never experienced something like this before. Okay, so a lot of people are saying right now that this recession is different than all the other recessions. Um, do you think it's different? How do you think this recession is different? And uh, if not, explain why. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Yeah, it reminds me of a famous investor. I forgot who it was. I think it was Burt Malky, but he says the four most expensive words in investing is this time is different, right? <laughs> and it's it's the most expensive thing in 2008 to me 2008 is scarier than what's happening now like the banks were going down man like the the financial institutions were going down like that to me is like what like how how are these going how is lehman brothers going bankrupt so uh, to me this is very unique because if you study different uh, recessions that are depressed and we're technically not even in a recession right now right like technically percentage wise we're not even close we were for a bit but now we're or in the clear. Um, this is a health crisis. This isn't a financial crisis, but it's a health crisis that's having an impact on the financial crisis. And if you take a look at last year was a great year. If you take a look at just the fundamentals of different businesses, they've been doing great for the past couple months. Amazing. And then all of a sudden this happens. That's kind of this external um, factor that's impacting businesses. So um, I think that this is different for sure, but I think that we're going to bounce back and not in a month, not in two months, three, four, five years from now, we will be fine. Like, like no doubt in my mind, we will be fine. And if we're not, there's bigger problems than the financial markets, right? We're, we're, there's something really bad going on. So um, I definitely do think it's different, but each market recession is different. Um, and we will bounce back for sure. You've heard, have you heard the term? Are you familiar with the whole V and U and J curves? In terms of the markets, like the way that yeah, they're coming, yeah. coming back, coming back. So like people are saying, you know, there's three different schools of thought. One is the V curve, which is markets dropped and it's going to come back just as strong as it dropped very quickly once everyone starts getting back to work. Another theory is the U curve where, you know, Markets have dropped and it's going to stay like this for a while, but then it will shoot back up very quickly. And the worst case scenario is the J curve where markets dropped and it takes a long time for the markets to slowly come back up. Do you have any, I'm not going to hold you to here's, this. But no, no, no. Here's, here's what I'll say to that. There's one stat I know. If you take a look at the markets, 100% of the time when we have something like this happen, it's recovered. 100% of the time. There's never been a time in the history of the markets where it's crashed and not recovered. There, there just hasn't. So to me, the way that I'm thinking as an investor, there's three things that I could do. Number one, I can invest and it could go up. And that's great. We're all high-fiving, which is what the past 12 years look like. The second thing that I could do is I can invest and it could stay stagnant. And if it stays stagnant, that's fine because I'm still earning dividends from different ETFs and stocks that I own. The third thing is we can invest and it could go down. 
right? And if it goes down, it will eventually rebound. Will it be in a year from now? I don't know, two years, three years, who knows? But even if it goes down, you're still collecting dividends. If you, you know, you got the right ETFs and the right stocks that have stood the test of time, you know, then there's these people, right? And I'm sure you've seen that. Let me, let me hold on to cash and wait for the markets to go down further and then I'll invest. And to me, that's just such a, you can't time the markets. Nobody knows. No one knows. This could be, we could be in the end of it right now. It could just keep going up from here. I don't think it will. I think we'll have another downturn, but I'm still investing. I invested a good amount today. I'm dollar cost averaging. I'm using the fundamental principles that have stood the test of time. And I'm not trying to play in the game of, oh, maybe I should wait. Maybe I shouldn't. Oh, maybe next week I'll do that. Because I know a lot of people that it crashed, it rebounded, and they're still on the sidelines waiting for, for it to go down right. more. It, will it? Exactly. I don't know. It might. I don't know, but I'm not. I'm dollar cost averaging. So why don't you uh, define that for me, dollar cost averaging? Because it's something of finance people throw around a lot and not many people actually know the layman's term for it. Yeah. So yeah, great question. And so dollar cost averaging is basically investing a regular amount on a consistent basis. And so basically, here's, here's what you could do right now. Imagine you had $100,000. Um, would you invest it all at once? Or would you take that money and split it up and say, let's say you invest $10,000 every month for, for 10 months. You're still investing the hundred grand, but instead of throwing it in all at once, you're investing over time. And really what the dollar cost averaging does, it's helping you diversify across time. That's all it is. Diversifying across time. So let's say you invest $100,000 now and the markets go down. Well, you're going to take a big hit you know, for the next 10 months. Like they were just down for 10 months from now. Or let's say instead of you putting $100,000 all at once, you put $10,000 each month for 10 months. So one month, it's going to go down and you're going to still be like, okay, I'm still investing. So even though that it took a big hit down, you're still buying. So it's kind of protecting you from investing all at once. And while the markets are down, you keep investing. And then when they rebound, you're, you bought all these shares at a discount, a huge discount, right? So it just protects you from trying to time the market, right? Very and good. so the best like thing that. that you could do, set up a schedule. You know, I say, I used to dollar cost every month. Now I'm doing every week, you know, every week I will invest a thousand dollars or 2000 or 200 or 100 and just stick to your schedule. Every Monday I'll buy this, these three ETFs, this stock, whatever, whatever your game plan is. Okay. And uh, that's great. I love that definition diversifying over time. That's good. I'm going to use that. Um, now, when people are talking about, okay, fine, I set up my savings plan. I'm going to make sure a certain amount goes into emergency fund just in case right now. Okay. Now I want to make some money, right? That's what people want to do next. So when it comes to investing and where to put your investments, what do you teach? What's your, what's your philosophy on that? On how to approach what to invest in and how to invest in things. Yeah, so at Enriched Academy, we're nothing fancy. We're long-term investors. We like to invest for the long-term. And really what we're teaching right now is stick to your ETFs for most investors. You know, if you're new to investing and you don't have a lot of time to dedicate to doing research, um, the ETFs are fantastic. You take a look at the Vanguard. How much is it down right now? Like from, from the high, it's like 10%, like maybe, maybe a little bit more. So while Which the markets are getting Vanguard crushed- yeah, so VFV, if you just search VFV, I think it's at $70, 71 Yeah, it's at 70 bucks. 70 How much was it earlier this year? 75 bucks. So it's down like not even 10%. Like that's, 
that's not bad at all. And you see all these articles, market crash. So if you just put your money into a ETF like that, you're not even down 10%. But if you put all your money into like a cruise line or like an airline, you're down like 60, 70, 80%. So an ETF um, is basically a fund that you buy and inside that fund are hundreds of different companies. So it's just helping you diversify across different companies, across different sectors, sometimes even different industries. So you're not putting all your eggs in one basket, whether it's a bank stock, an ETF, or um, there's even bank stock ETFs actually, but you know, you're, you're diversifying across different companies. The ETF, that's, that's what we recommend. Go with the ETFs. And a lot of people don't know there's ETFs for so many different things. There's actually a bank ETF in Canada. It's ZEB. A lot of people are like, oh, ZEB. yeah, ZEB. Um, it is down. But, you know, for, for a lot of people that want to invest in banks, they're like, which bank should I buy? CIBC, TD, Royal Bank. Well, you could buy this one fund from BMO. Um, I think it's what is it, Anthony, 35 bucks or something like that? It was 30 bucks at the beginning of the year and now it's at 22 bucks. So it's about 15% down, but that's financials. Like they're gonna take the biggest hit during this period of time. So that's- Oh yeah, and, and that, has a, that has a pretty strong dividend. It's like a 5% dividend. So- You're right, 4.5% dividend is amazing. So even if you have 100,000, you're still collecting $4,000 per year, even if the, mar even if the portfolio goes down. Yeah, exactly. So there, there's ETFs for there's ETFs for marijuana uh, companies, right? If you don't want to put all your money into a marijuana company, you could put it into an ETF that holds hundreds of different marijuana companies. So if one goes yeah. bankrupt, you got others holding you up. There's ETFs endless. So um, that's what we recommend. But if you're a more advanced investor, we are starting. This is the first time in my life I've actually bought individual stocks. Um, that I, I never usually recommend it, but I'm actually. Uh, doing that now for the first time in like, you know, when I started investing. So why don't you usually recommend it? And what has changed now? Why have you started doing that? It's just the opportunity, right? There's just, there's some stocks that are so low right now that um, they're just screaming opportunity, like buy me, buy me. And why I usually didn't do it is because I just believe in the ETF so much, right? And re really what it is, it's a sale. That's what, that's what's happening right now. There's some stocks right now that are on sale because of what's happened. And I want to take advantage of that sale in a good market. It's very hard to predict if uh, it'll keep going up, but at a time like this, when companies are freaking out, um, it's a sale, you know, and I want to kind of preface this. I am young. I, I have a good amount of money. I, I'm kind of on the, I'm on the very aggressive side. So I'm looking for stocks that have a huge upside opportunity, you know, a huge kind of rebound potential. I put my money in cruise lines, which some people would say it's crazy. Airlines, mm -hmm. Cineplex, you know, you, and by the way, I don't recommend these. You don't do your own research. We're not stock pickers at enriched. And this is for my situation, but yeah, you know, sex sectors like that entertainment oh my god travel expedia you look at expedia how, how low they are it's it's shocking um you know and all these companies but you know if you're someone that is not as aggressive then there are still companies right now that are really strong you know that are at a discount you got like mcdonald's you know at a huge discount you look at embridge in canada has got an eight percent dividend pretty much everything's on a discount right now pretty much well, like you look at the, the Netflix of the world, you know, Facebook, Amazon, those are all at all time highs. Like I wouldn't put my money in those. I'm looking for the discounts, you know, I'm looking for stocks mm -hmm. that have a big, you know, rebound, but this is all money I'm willing to lose. 
80% of my portfolio is still in ETFs. This is kind of like not play money, but like fun money, you know, kind of like. Got it. So you still take an 80% fundamentals approach and you build a little bit on top of that with a 20% more of your speculative guessing or educated guessing kind of investments. Exactly. Yeah, you got it. Okay. I like that. How can people right now, we talk about on our podcast really often defensive versus offensive. And of course you need it. You got to play defense first, right? So what can people be doing right now in order to go on the defensive during this period of time of less income and uncertainty? What can people do defensively? I think defensively, you got to, uh, you got to cut your spending by 30% at least like you're not really going out. So you got, this is the time to really crack down, grab your credit card statement, grab a highlighter and just start highlighting all the stuff that you're like, why am I paying this? Um, you know, get, call your, call your phone bill, cancel your data. Like you're probably not going out. So just use your Wi-Fi. Don't eat data for, for, for this month. You should call your insurance provider and get a huge discount on that. Uh, my, my family just did that and we saved a ton of money. Um, you know, and small little ninja things like that can be really helpful, but I'd stop spending, you know, stop spending, call your, call all your service providers and, and get a discount. A lot of them are really helpful at, the, at a time like this. They get it. They understand. Um, other things that I would do definitely take advantage of all the government, um, you know, different options that they have with, with Curb. I, I, one just came out today for students that I quickly looked. There's uh, help for small business. You got to be really aware of that stuff and, and know how to actually apply for them. Take advantage. It's so easy. Just go search online government uh, grants during COVID-19. You'll get like lists of that stuff. So um, very true. Yeah, that's what I would recommend. And then I'm always, a, I'm an eternal optimist and like everyone is, is kind of, there's that mindset of the uh, scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset. Every single time there's a recession, the gap between the rich and the poor gets bigger. And that's because people are taking a, the, the wealthy, you know, are taking advantage of times like these. So what would you say are some things that you've been looking at on how to go on the offensive during this kind of time? Yeah, it's like, again, the stocks are probably the, the easiest to entry for a lot of people. Like, just think of some companies that you love that you think that are at a huge discount and start looking at their balance sheet, their income statement, see if they're good opportunities. Um, if you are younger, I would actually recommend to take some money and buy individual stocks. I, I would. I, I never would say that because I'm big on ETS. But if you're younger, you have money to, to play around with. I would recommend it. Right. And especially if you do your research, you know what you're doing. The first step is education. Right. It's self-education. It's understanding how to read a balance sheet, how to read an income statement and how to not. It's not gambling, but it, it really is almost like gambling. It's a calculated uh, gambling, gambling and kind of on your side. Um, that's the offense. Uh, in terms of real estate, I've, I've been big on real estate for the past few years. I own a couple pre-construction condos and investment properties. So I'm looking at real estate uh, now. The problem with real estate is just at a standstill. You know, prices are taking a bit of a dip, but it's not a huge dip because people mm -hmm. that wanted to sell are just not, people aren't moving right now. That's what, that's what people are just staying still. Um, so I take a look at real estate. I think it would get interesting over the next couple of months. Like, will there be possible uh, foreclosures? Um, people not making their mortgages. I look at that as like, oh, that looks pretty interesting. I expect the housing market to cool down for a bit, uh, but that could be a really interesting buying opportunity. Um, it could be, exactly. Standpoint. 
We were even talking, uh, you know, Henny at over uh, Lion Marketing. Uh, him and I were talking just last night and we were talking about how WeWork is currently having a lot of financial troubles. And we were like, oh, would the government bail out WeWork? They're kind of like too big to fail because they own, they own and have locked in um, rental agreements with so many commercial properties that if they were to go under the sell-off of those properties would cause a commercial and potential residential total real estate kind of like drop that would be affected by everybody. So we were talking about that yesterday and I was like, well, that's kind of going to hurt people that have real estate, but for young people, that could actually be the thing that we've all been waiting for, you know? This is this real estate kind of decrease that everyone on the sidelines has been waiting for because they can't afford Toronto real estate prices right now. For sure. Well, think about this, Anthony. Think about all the people that have were buying condos in Toronto and putting them on Airbnb. Like what? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my. And, and Toronto was one of the hot, like the hottest markets for doing that. Like what? Mm -hmm. What are those people doing right now? Like those people, I know have like ten properties or something like that. Oh, they're all Airbnb they, them all up. You can't Airbnb it out, right? You you, you can't right now. Like, I, I don't even know if it's possible. Maybe it is, but, you know, people aren't leasing stuff anymore, so they can't get a lease. Like, so it's just, that's really interesting to see how that's going to play out over the next couple months. Like, what are those people going to do? Are they going to have to hot sell? Because of all these people that are like, holy crap, like, I can't, I can't keep going like this, holding this mortgage. I got to sell. And you know what? Maybe I got to sell for 50000 less than than I want to. And but just get this off my hand. Um, that could create a, a lot of supply coming onto the market. I will definitely drive down the price, which can be awesome for us, um, our generation. Like, yes, like that'd be great. So right now, people, hey, is now a good time to invest in the stock market? Yes or no? Dollar cost average. Yes, always is a good time to invest. Because if you're not investing, then your money is losing value. Like it's, you're losing money because of inflation. At least look, Put it in like a bank ETF. As an example, you don't have to, but that, that, that's earning you a 5% dividend, whether the markets go up or whether they go down. At least you're beating inflation. Second, yeah. now good time to invest in real estate? No, I, I no. It depends what type of, no, I wouldn't. It's just hard to find tenants right now. No one's moving. If you want to buy like uh, income properties, not yet. Not yet. All right. What advice are you giving to, you guys must work with some business owner students. What are you telling them right now? Yeah. You know what? Not a lot of uh, small businesses um, that we work with, but you know what? I, I look at small businesses. I, it's all about, you know what, you know this more than anything, Anthony, it's about the questions that you ask yourself. The questions that you ask yourself are everything. You know, if you're asking yourself like, Oh, why is this happening? Why, why can't I do anything? the answers that you're going to give to yourself are going to be like horrible answers and no strategy. But if you sit down and you ask yourself, how can we get through this? How can we not just survive, but thrive during these times? How can we come out two, three months from now way ahead? And you start asking yourself those questions and your team, those questions that could change the game. Like that, that could change everything. So as a small mm -hmm. business owner, be very careful the questions that you ask. If I was a small business owner right now, um, I would cut expenses as much as possible. I would probably cut marketing if I have to, but then really start strategizing. What can I do over the next two, three months to, so that when we come out of this, I'm ahead of the game, uh, whether that's creating a really good marketing plan, whether that's building up your email list, I don't know what it is, whatever it is um, and start studying what other people are doing. 
man, I think the beautiful part about this recession is we got social media we have online. Go online and start searching what are other companies doing at a time like this. Look at how other companies are pivoting. Look at how they're changing their business model. Look how some that are just preparing uh, during these times. So I think, you know what, ask yourself really good questions and study what other businesses are doing. I love that because I teach my team or I try to, in third year university, I took a sports psychology course. And one of the major topics that they spoke about was the concept of internal versus external locus of control. And what that means is it goes back to the questions that you ask yourself, right? Like, instead of like, why is this happening to me? People ask, how can I take advantage of this? And I always use the analogy of like Sidney Crosby. Like if anybody watches hockey, they know Sidney Crosby, one of the best in the world. He's a leader and talented too. And when he's getting interviewed, you know, we've, I, I think we've actually spoke about this before, but when, when, uh, when he's getting interviewed and they're like, oh, why'd you lose that game? Sidney Crosby will, will always say it was my fault. Like I could have done this better, right? Where a loser's mentality would be more towards like blaming other people, having your control outside of your control, right? And I see a lot of people kind of falling victim to that during this period of time. Like, oh, woe was me. I wish this didn't happen to me. But then I see people in very similar situations as though that first cohort of people saying, what can I do right now in order to make the best of the situation so that one, I can either, either thrive during this period of time or like you said, set myself up so that when this is over, I'm ahead and I come out flourishing, right? So you got it. That, I just I, I just wanted to say that because it's so important. That simple, just like switch inside your mind can make a big difference during during these periods of time more than ever, more mm-hmm. than ever. So um, what I want to ask you, just a personal question, it's opinion, but. Um, when do you think this is going to kind of things are going to start getting back to normal and maybe a new normal? And what kind of things do you think that people had to go through during this period of time that are kind of going to stick for when this is all over, even though it's over, people are going to continue to, to do this, this thing. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So to answer your first one, you know what, I, I don't try to predict what's going to happen at the, I, I have no idea. I, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, they, they always say expect the, the best, but be prepared for the worst. And that's kind of my mindset going through this. Um, I think what's changed right now, you look at online, my gosh, like it, this is just accelerating everything, you know, online shopping, online meetings, online work. I think that people are going to realize like, holy crap, like look how productive we could be online. There's, there's companies right now that are, that are showing, record levels of productivity because they're not in the office talking to coworkers and you know talking about the weekend and that's all fun and stuff but that's not productive work i think online um people are really starting to see the power of it and how how we can really use it so online shopping is is gone through the roof you see in amazon so i think it's just accelerating that and there's a portion of the population that already use online like our generation but i think it's the older population like man my dad's a a school teacher and he's using zoom he's like doing all these things online he's like i'm like like before like a month ago barely knew how to check his email i love him to death but my dad is like the most old school guy he's on tiktok now (laughs) <laughs> you know that's how you know the world's changing when my dad's on tiktok so it's well it's inevitable anthony right it, it, this is yeah. the the path that we're on it's just speeding it up it's it, this is making it go a lot faster so i think that's cool but i think a, 
a beautiful part about this, and I know the health impacts and a lot of people are, are suffering and going through a lot of, of these tough times. I think coming out of this, I think the level of gratitude and appreciation is going to be through the roof. I, I think, you know, we were talking about this offline, just a simple dinner, man. Like I miss going out for a nice dinner with friends and family. I, I just miss some of the simple things um, in life and seeing, and I think we'll, we'll appreciate that but I hope it's not short-lived. I hope it's not like that for six months and then we're just going to forget right. about it, which it probably will. Um, but yeah. Unfortunately, think, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the game. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm going to ask you two more questions, all right? So one, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you or learn more about what your mission is and what you're doing? Yeah, check out enrichedacademy.com. That's, that's the best place. You know what, we have... Um, webinars once a week we're doing webinars uh, we do with all financial experts um we do webinars on different topics at least once a week um so definitely enrichedacademy.com i'm also on linkedin i'm on instagram as well so you could find me on those it's just my name so a r i a n and then i guess anthony will link it somewhere you'll see it in the video cool um and in the in, in title um okay so one you have a bunch of books behind you over there yeah I can pick out, I can't actually read them, but I could just tell the ones. You got some Ray Dalio there. You got some Gary Vee. I think that yellow one is or no? Those are the top are my money books. How, okay. Give us, give us like one or two books that really changed the game for you when you read them. Um, I don't want to be just cliche and say Rich Dad, Poor Dad because everyone says that, but that, that book is amazing. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, everyone has to that's, read that. That's an amazing book. I think at a time like this, Unshakable is really good by Tony Robbins. He's basically created this whole book on how to prepare for a recession on not just how to, how to survive, but how to thrive. That book and Money Master the Game are one of my favorite financial books of all time. Perfect. Last question. Uh, I was actually asked this question on a live this morning and it was a difficult one to answer, but, um, you know, right now you have, imagine I don't, you'll probably only have a couple hundred people listen to this, you know, 200 or 300, but imagine that's 200,000 to 300,000 are listening to this. You had a big audience. What would you leave them with? What kind of message would you leave them with right now? If you had the opportunity of that large of a, of a people to talk to. Yeah, you know what, I would probably, I would use the Ray Dalio quote, and he's got this great quote, it's an equation. So he says, pain plus reflection equals progress. And I, I love that so much. That's changed my life over the past year. You know, pain, Say that again. Pain. pain plus reflection equals progress. And basically what, what it means is, you know, throughout this whole pandemic, a lot of us are experiencing pain, whether it's mental health pain or whether it's financial pain. And pain is is it's tough to deal with but pain needs to be reflected on right it, in order to create progress so the worst thing that you could do when you go through pain is just forget about it or just to avoid it and that's what we've been trained to do you know you put your hand on a fire it hurts you're like ah get away from that same thing with pain something feels bad you move away from it you don't move towards it but moving towards it is how you learn if you pick up a journal you ask yourself you know why did I feel sluggish today? Why, why was I not my best self? Why was I not be able to be productive today? And you're able to really sit down with yourself and reflect on it. That's how you create progress in your life. That's how you get better. So I love that quote so much, man. It's just changed my business life, my financial life, my relationship, everything. You know, pain is inevitable, but don't waste the pain. Reflect on it in order to get better. I love that. Amazing. Thank you. You know, I don't want to just pump your tires all the time, but 
I actually believe from the bottom of my heart and it's why I do these types of like, this is why I do the whole wise investor thing in general. It's a passion project of mine, but I believe that what you're doing really does change the world because if people took financial literacy courses, like if it was a mandatory course, let's say in like high school and elementary school and everybody learned this stuff, it would solve a lot of the world's problems, especially in Canada um, that we see. So keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate being you being on here to just share a little bit of your wisdom. And I look forward to having you on again in the future. Thanks, Anthony, man. Thank you for the kind words. And you know what? You're doing an amazing job as well. And you're, you're absolutely kicking ass. So, so cool to watch your growth and everything you're doing. And so I'm lucky to call you a friend. And, you know, I can't wait to, to hang out more. We got to hang out more once all this is over. We do. We do. Thank you again. Thanks. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, okay, Aaron Bezai, check him out online. He does a lot of great stuff, especially on LinkedIn. So thank you for having, for being on the show today. Stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, yeah, I'll be talking to you soon. Take care, everyone. Have a good one. Peace, brother. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Wise Investor. Until next time. This is what they did not teach you in school. We hope to see you soon.